And I ran to the bathroom and it's like, it was like gushing and gushing, gushing. It's like, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop it. Uh, um, it was, it was coming so bad and so strong. Blood started coming out of my eye. I'm starting this podcast with a disclaimer. In this episode of the Fat Games podcast, Gary and I talk about COVID-19 and other health issues. Gary and I are not healthcare professionals or medical researchers. The comments made in this podcast are our personal opinions and should not be considered medical advice. Please consult a medical professional if you have any questions about COVID-19, the vaccines, or any other health issue. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, welcome to the uh, Fat Games podcast. I am your host, Gary. And I'm Blair. And uh, on today's episode, uh, we're actually going to talk about uh, why we were not at Play NYC. We're also going to reminisce about uh, how the podcast has been going so far. And uh, we were going to talk a little bit about the progress on our game, Kids of Carindale. It sounds wonderful, right, Gary? Oh, it sounds just absolutely uh, crazy. Less is it at that part out. I don't know what I was talking there. All right, so um, let's talk about Play NYC. Um, what is Play NYC for our viewers that don't know what that is? So Play NYC is um, it is a relatively new uh, indie game and, and AAA game expo that happens uh, usually every summer here in New York City. It started back in I want to say 2017. Uh, we were at the first ones with Burgle's Bounty, and then we actually haven't been back ever since. We were supposed to be back uh, last weekend. Um, well, so when this episode actually airs, it is the first weekend of August, um, so whenever that is. Um, but we did not make it. And um, why that did not happen? Well, I had some um, wonderful medical issues which um, prevented me from taking Kids of Karen down there. Do you get herpes? Uh, no, Gary, you have herpes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's a it's new running joke now. The herpes joke isn't going anywhere. Going any, going away. Your herpes joke isn't going away. <laughs> um, so what happened was, uh, I haven't actually mentioned on the podcast before, but uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, about six or yeah, six, seven weeks ago now, I had this procedure done called uh, balloon sinuplasty. And what that is, is a procedure where an ENT will basically shove a balloon up into the opening of your sinuses, up your nose, and inflate the balloon to expand the opening of your sinuses so they drain better. So people who have a have, have bad sinus conditions where you know, they get a lot of sinus infections or have a lot of uh, sinus pain, this is a procedure that can alleviate that. And I will say that the procedure works. I, I, I can breathe much better. I, I would certainly suggest that anyone who has these issues, if it's available to them, to get this procedure. However, not everyone who go, undergoes a procedure, uh, uh, it, it will be free of complications. And unfortunately, um, I had a bit of a complication. So, um, about a week leading up to Play NYC, um, I started getting these nosebleeds. 
and they were really bad nosebleeds like they were the kind of gushing kind that are like gushing out of your nose you're like what the fuck is going on um and then uh on, on tuesday of the week leading up the plan yc it was 2 a.m i woke up and woke up in the morning woke up at 2 a.m and with my nose it just like my nose had started bleeding and i was like oh god not again and I ran to the bathroom and it's like, it was like gushing and gushing, gushing. It's like, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop it. Uh, um, it was, it was coming so bad and so strong. Blood started coming out of my eye. And that's when I decided it was time to go to the ER. So Gerald, um, well, actually, by the time we air this, my now husband, um, went to the ER when I was like, oh my God, there's blood coming out of my eye. Uh, we went to the ER. Fortunately, we actually happened to live three blocks from a hospital. And um, because uh, we told them I had the sinus procedure done recently, the most that they did was help me um, just stop the bleeding. So, you know, they plugged your nose and I basically, it basically took three hours for the bleeding to finally stop. And um, uh, so we were in the ER for maybe five or six hours then we came home um, and I'd, I'd contacted my doctor while I was in the ER and he is actually, he was out of town. So he referred me to one of his colleagues to, who, who could hopefully help me. So I ended up getting an appointment with him in that afternoon and they cauterized the inside of my nose to hopefully oh. stop the bleeding. So I had every intent still on trying to make it to play NYC after all of that. So um, gumbo, and for our, our regular listeners, uh, everyone here knows that gumbo is sort of this um, cooperative uh, group of indie game developers here in New York, um, was hosting a sort of like a prep session for Play NYC in the evening on Wednesday, um, just for everyone, you know, make sure they had what they needed ready to present their game at an expo. It was kind of like, you know, a dry run or dress rehearsal. Um, so I went to that, um, hoping that, you know, nothing bad would happen. So I went there, I showed the game we, we, we in, in, in the gumbo office. And, um, as I was wrapping up and tearing things down, my nose started to bleed again. Not, not, not a gusher was not nearly as bad as it had been previously. Um, so I decided like, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to risk this. I just need to rest let my body heal, let everything happen, let every, whatever caused the bleeding, let all it heal again and um, take a break from this and not do a lot of physical and strenuous activity. And expos can be fairly stressful and strenuous as you're setting up, taking down, you're, you know, you're talking to people all day and moving around potentially a lot. And I just decided that no, um, uh, unfortunately, I, I think I need to focus on my, oh, fortunately, I need to focus on my health, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to go there to promote Kids of Carindale. So long story short, really bad bloody nose and decided to not show up for the expo because I needed to let this thing heal. Did you need to do any follow-up appointments after that or you were just I, uh, that Yeah, this, this past Monday, say hello to my cat, um, internet. Um, it's, it's past Monday, rather, I had a follow up and, um, I, I, you know, we're, we're on the internet, so I don't want to spill, speak ill of this doctor, but I, I will say I'm not particularly a fan of him. 
Um, I, I feel like this is particularly probably much worse in the US than it is in Canada. Uh, doctors, when something goes wrong, they get very defensive and scared that you're going to sue the hell out of them. So um, they, they try to deflect any sort of ownership or responsibility for it happening. And I kind of believe that this doctor on the last follow-up session I had may have contributed to the nosebleeds when he was like uh, using a suction tool to clean the debris in my nose. He may have um, sucked things up that haven't quite healed yet and caused more damage uh, than good. Now, I, I, I can't say for sure. However, I feel like that may have been what happened. Now the doctor may believe that at this point that everything should have healed, but you know, maybe for whatever reason I was taking longer and uh, it, it could have been agitated by what he did. Um, I will not say this doctor's name because again, we're on the internet or anything like that. Um, I'm certainly not happy with him, but I believe that because it did not start happening immediately after the procedure, it took three weeks before the nosebleed started happening. And it happened immediately after I was leaving the doctor's office after that third follow-up, which is why I'm kind of like, where there's smoke, there's fire, something happened. And um, yeah, so that's the end of the story, I think. I know that's nasty, but also probably the reality of surgeries and stuff, I guess. Yeah, and they advertise that this isn't really a surgery because there's no like cutting or sedate or, or major sedation. And the results of it, like um, I would, again, I would suggest that anyone who has sinus problems get the procedure, just maybe not with this doctor, because um, it's it's helped. It's It's been actually night and day versus what it was before. Despite yeah. the issue, I, I have no regrets about getting the procedure done. All right, then. Because they'll go, go down in the books of history. Fat Games, missing Play NYC 2021 for a non-COVID-related reason. Yeah, non-COVID-related. Poof. Poof. Yes, because we just uh, paused and cleaned up the frame a little bit. Yeah, I moved and I <laughs> threw some garbage away. So, Gary... We started this podcast, this is episode nine, technically, part whatever we end up making it. Um, and so we are oh, like four months, five months into this. What? Really? Yeah. Isn't that long? We've been doing this for a few months now. And, and it's, first of all, I want to say it's amazing how many people we've been able to get to join us in this podcast when we literally have no following. Yeah, that's, have, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. As of the time we recorded this, we have 33 subscribers. So our first two episodes were just you and me. And then uh, episode three, we brought in uh, Kung Fu Kickball, Whale Food Games. We had um, Jonah, uh, the developer of that, and John Fio, the... the um, the music guy what did yeah. you think of that episode actually that was i think that was probably at that point our uh, our funnest episode yet it was actually really cool to have guests uh it was really cool to kind of interview people uh it was actually cool to interview a, a, like a, a musician too uh for me personally so yeah i enjoyed those conversations um and i am really happy to see that jonah actually 
in uh, his arcade installations of Kung Fu Kickball have have uh, been doing well for him. Kung Fu Kickball again, as of the as the time of this recording, has yet to be formally released. I believe it's certainly not on consoles yet. I don't think it's uh, generally available on Steam yet, um, but it's coming along, and I, I'm definitely very excited for that game. The next person we had, I believe we had, it was David Markhart, right? Uh, you, you might be asking the wrong guy here. There's a lot of people, a lot of names. I... Sweden guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that guy. That, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so, yeah, David Markhart um, is currently, I, I'm not sure if we can say it, but he is working on a um, rogue light kind of shooter title. Um, I believe, oh, what was it? Uh, from Diamond to Dust, was that the name of it? I, I don't know if it's an official title. I, I don't think that was it. I can't, I can't remember. We're going to have to um, put We actually have, have a lot of these podcasts. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to put the name of his game down in the podcast, or sorry, down in the description after uh, when we publish this. Um, but I'm definitely very excited for that game uh, because I, I believe he's releasing that on the Switch. And um, it's just kind of right up my alley. He's done a few that I really enjoy. And um, he's arguably between him and uh computer lunch he is probably the second most successful um i mean and i i'm just so happy for him and i and i I love what he does because he's got such a great artistic sense and his games are mostly mobile games so far but they're always very creative and generally i've really enjoyed them and after that we had a different david we had david calabrese aka red bonics Yes, I remember Red Bonix, uh and, at GX4. Yes, and you had to bow out of that episode because it was when you first got the herps. Shingles, you mean? The shingles. So let's talk about that. So um, you got shingles. Um, how long ago was it now? Uh, I am going to say that it was about roughly a month after I got the first vaccine. Okay. And I'm going to frame it like that because it was probably from that. So um, we, we need to be careful on this because people on YouTube actually get censored for talking about things around the vaccine. If it, so I, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I know there has been some information that says that there is some correlation between um, dormant virus outbreaks after getting the vaccine. The COVID vaccine isn't the only vaccine that that can potentially cause this. And again, I'm not saying the COVID vaccine. almost 100% speculation. It is 100% speculation. However, I have heard that this could be, there is correlation between this. Correlation does not imply causation. We are not saying anything bad about the COVID vaccine. Everyone who who wants to get the COVID vaccine should get it. Um, So it was about a month after the COVID vaccine. After your first dose, correct? Yeah. So what was what was it like? Now it did cause some neurological symptoms. You had pain and numbness and yeah, pain and numbness. Like it still feels like I have a spider web on my face. Right. Really? Now. How how long has it's it not, been? Now? It's not it's not horrible. Like it gets maybe better every few days. Um, it's mostly subsided, but you can you can still kind of tell like something something's up. 
But the the the, the facial scarring is actually fading even in the uh, last few weeks that we've been doing the podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, I think all all the scabs that it didn't pick are fading really well. So the one immediately above your nose. I, oh yeah, that was I was I was playing with a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully over more time that one fades. Yeah, picking that one was fun. <laughs> I'm sure like, really it fun. was. I figured you know right. might as well have some fun. Just pick these damn scabs. So um, what we've learned from Gary is that um, having the chicken pox as a kid fucking sucks because it can lead to shingles later. So I'm very glad that now they vaccinate children for the chicken pox to prevent the shingles um, because as an adult, the shingles fucking sucks. And, yeah, uh, now, I'm, now I'm being told by some people that I might develop MS <laughs> within a year. So, you know, more on that later. Okay. I did not know that that was a thing that's associated with shingles. No, um, I, I, I don't know. This is take it with a grain of salt, right? These these are like you know like Facebook news things, right? So, right. So um, so this podcast is going to get canceled probably off the of YouTube for sure because we're making up medical information now. But that's fine. Um, no, we didn't. We're allowed to. We're allowed to talk about it. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I listen to podcasts of people who get them pulled off YouTube for, for, for talking about COVID and the vaccine stuff. So I don't really know what to expect anymore, but um, I'm, I'm, I feel like we need to be careful on what we say with respect to. Uh, you know what? Stuff. We can always edit stuff out after if we find. We, we can, but I think it's fun to talk about this stuff too, just at a certain degree. And yeah. we are definitely. Already in this podcast, we've talked about like balloon sinuplasty, so we're going into medical territory here. Um, anyway, well, I certainly hope you don't get MS, and I certainly uh, you know what I, I, I it's just it's a higher chance. I don't think like I, I I think I took the medication I needed to take early enough that it didn't you know that didn't affect me a whole lot because I, I probably could have lost my vision and hearing if I just kind of let it fester. Right. Wow. That's horrifying. Yeah. Okay. Um, so going back to Red Bonnox, uh, which which was the which is the episode we did after after David Markhart. Um, so Red Bonnox has been an indie game developer for a number of years and has worked in some interesting areas. Uh, including porn games. And by the way, when I uh, tagged porn games uh, in that podcast, it was the second most watched podcast we had since our very first one. So Done. I think there, there might have been something to that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but he's currently working on this game called Gloam, which is this kind of adventure match three game, which uh, it's not quite ready yet, but it's, it's pretty exciting because it's a match three game with boss fights um i'm i'm pretty excited for it i think it'll be interesting more importantly well okay now okay i can't say that but my personal favorite that i can say is his is potato tail uh the game where he you play as it's a metroidvania where you play as a um a cat mixed with a potato so you're kind of like this pear-shaped cat with no legs uh it's pretty cute um, and uh, when we first met Red Bonix, that was a game he was showing an early, an early build of Potato Tail, and I'm excited that um, 
he's still working on it and he's he's changed a lot of elements to it because it now has turn-based uh jrpg combat which is kind of reminiscent of child of light which was this indie title that was published by um um oh crap ubisoft i believe published that uh but it was made by i can't remember the the company that made it but I, but i'm pretty confident ubisoft in montreal published that but it was a it was a side scroller kind of um metroidvania with jrpg kind of combat so i think that is kind of the closest um comparison that i can make to the new potato tail and i love that game i loved um child of light and i'm very excited for for potato tail as well hopefully it hopefully it comes out before we finish kids of carindow because i made a bet with um him on the podcast uh nothing nothing major that um i think it was just a few beers that uh that uh he had to finish um his game before we finished kids of karen or i would give him beers if he won and he has to give us some if uh if we win i i, I well is he is he pretty close to being done well no he, he he's focusing on gloom right now wrapping that up oh i see okay. so i i don't know which because he's potato tail is in his full-time commitment right now and i don't think it will be even after he finishes gloom so we'll see uh so it's uh it's a project i guess he's just kind of picking at then um i think it's fair for me to say that i don't know how he would respond to it but i i'll say that um yeah i think probably So, are you wearing the Kids of Carindow shirt again? Bro? Yes, like, I am wearing the Kids of Carindow shirt. So I will show it on camera here. So this was designed by one of the first artists we brought on board. It's a do, and uh, she did that awesome mural. And I um, would actually like to ask her back to do another one, as now our new artists have finished all. I've almost finished. All of the rest of the character art and i would like to see something else like that much bigger based off of all of the um principal characters for kids of carindale oh so you want to add like a fuller cast yeah i want to get it all filled out with yeah. the villains and the good guys actually not all the villains are done yet there's still a few more we need to get in there but most of the principal cast is done and and spoiler alert some of the principal cast actually are villains hey oh you gotta do that eh? We, yes, we are. All right, so. Said after, too much. Uh, have I, have yeah. I? Probably not really, no. Um, so after Red, who did we have on the podcast? After Red, I think, uh, no, didn't we have someone before Red? Who was, was the guy that worked in Vidar? Well, Dean came after Red. Oh, he did. Okay. So I think we actually had Dean on, but you know, the nice thing is all the stuff is published on the internet now. So we can actually confirm that as our brains seem to be failing us. Oh, my brain's toast already. And it usually is by 3.30. So actually, yes. Um, after... Um, after Red Bonnex, we did have Dean. And Dean, um, now, 
I am going to say this, and that's also because our podcast with Doug, as of this recording, has not aired yet. We've had two people on the podcast who are not from the U.S., who, who live in Sweden and Canada. And I would call them the most modest people that we've had on the podcast, because I feel like whenever we've had Americans on the podcast, they are much better at self-promotion. And you uh, say there, Blair, about Americans. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying that Americans are better at talking about themselves. Okay, that's fair. And, I think it's. Uh, a, I think that's a positive. It's a positive, positive, positive spin. Well, look at all their. Look at all American media. It's a lot of people who are very good at focused on themselves. Uh, focus on themselves. No, that's not like me judging judging them or anything it's um it's a cultural difference it's a part of american culture that um a strong focus on promoting oneself it doesn't mean you're self-absorbed or narcissistic or anything but uh it's a it's it's a culture focused on making sure you know how to um uh promote your your strengths and i feel like um even from going up and growing up in Canada and even being in the U.S. for this long, I feel like I am far more modest than a lot of my American, uh, Native American-born counterparts. Yeah, I would imagine there's an element where that, uh, well, it's probably natural just because there's a lot more people there and it's probably naturally more competitive. So I don't, I don't think you can get away. You can afford to be as modest as buddies up north. That is probably another part of it, yeah. So, uh, so after after Rad, we did have Dean, and uh, Dean, I think it's fair to say, is very good at self promotion. So, Dean is a former attorney turned indie game developer turned indie game producer. Um, he worked and created Vidar um, or Vidar, however you want to pronounce it which as he promotes is a game where everyone dies. It is a puzzle based uh, JRPG, no, no combat, uh, very strong on the narrative front. I really enjoyed this game. Unfortunately, I have a Mac and the game wasn't well supported on Mac. So I was never actually able to play through it all the way, but what I was able to play through, I thoroughly enjoyed. And uh, the story was very engaging and it was very, it was also randomly generated. So based on who died at any given night, uh, the story would change um, uh, based on those circumstances. And uh, that was, the, I, I still think to this day, this game, that game was really good. And I would like, love to see Dean go back and revisit that. He's jokingly said that he wants the Kids of Carando engine to do a uh, revisioning of Vidar. And then he worked on this title called Waste Knots, uh, which he and the podcast said that failed to get sort of funding and, and sort of uh, publisher interest because it, um, using his words, Gary, and you were on that podcast, it was boring. That's what he said. Which is for any kind of indie game developer to have that kind of feedback and not feel like you can fix it and make it better. That's uh, it's kind of devastating. I know, like, uh, I always wonder what other people think about our game. 
you know, like uh, I'll show it to friends. They like it. Some of them, they, I can tell they genuinely like it, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what everybody else thinks, you know, um, especially the ones that set the controller down after, you know, a few minutes. Those ones don't enjoy it. The, the game was not for them when they set the control down. Yeah. If they play all the way through it, they're hooked. Yeah, I think that's 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 the indicator is if they if they want to play all the way through the demo. And that is kind of a, um, a disadvantage of us not being able to be at play NYCs. Uh, I was not able to observe uh, the way players interacted with the game because that gives you so much good information mm-hmm. what works and which doesn't what doesn't. However, we are going to be at one of the greatest expos for that, and I think in human history, MegFest in January. It's going to be in person again. Very excited. And uh, the quality uh, of people who hang out in the MIVS hall there, MIVS being, I believe, MegFest Indie indie Video Game Showcase. Um, They're extremely friendly people who are there to help you and give positive or just, just give constructive feedback, not always positive, but constructive feedback on, on the games you're showing there. So I'm very excited to go there and, and show the game. And I think after over three and a half years in development, almost close to four years at that point, uh, we're going to have a really, pardon my language, a fucking solid product to show. You know I what? Uh, this takes me back to when we went to Megfest um, 2018. We actually had a chance to show that game for an hour or two, I believe. Now, I think it was really tough to get people to walk by our booth and play the game, but the ones that did, they seemed to really enjoy it. It wasn't even a booth, Gary. Yeah, it wasn't even a real booth. The right? table with my uh, with my MacBook set up on it where we had the game showing. And you got the borrow controller from, you know, buddies of yours. Yep. Um, we got a lot of positive feedback. I think the game is light years ahead of where it was back then. Um, but there are things that I still think we can improve upon with respect to the user experience with respect to the UI. Um, that's gone through a few changes and we'll go through a few more changes before we get to MagFest. And we'll talk about that when we actually surprise get to some of the gameplay footage we're going to show later. Uh, on the podcast here. Yeah, I'm looking so, forward to uh, the crab cakes. Me too. Those are, those are really good in here. I'm looking forward to the wine bar again. Um, so we, uh, so going back to Dean, he is now a producer at a small studio here in New York. Um, and he gave us a lot of, a lot of interesting feedback on how to promote Kids of Carindale, and basically to lean into some of the game's toilet humor. Um, because we actually, is, as have we've said a few times in the podcast, that we've kind of started this podcast to help promote the game, but all we have done is create another product that we also then need to promote. So our reviewership in the podcast hasn't been great because we haven't been promoting it or the game. So um, it's kind of a catch-22 here. Um, but hopefully we um, were able to dedicate more time to sort of solve both of those problems because that's really what it needs is dedication from us. So we have two more guests we've had on the podcast so far. The um, 
by the time this airs, um, both of them should have premiered unless we um, decide to premiere this stuff out of order and kind of give Doug the shaft and have him air later. Uh, we've had... Uh, yeah, he's going to be very upset that we... <laughs> I doubt it, but we have Andrew Garahan from Computer Lunch who has created the wildly successful game Zelda Singularity. Uh, him and his team have produced what I would call a... Um, I, I think it's safe for me to say that it's um, not something that I would play on, on a regular basis, but it is a game that I can totally understand where the audience comes from and, and the appeal from it because it is very educational, very engaging. Um, it, it's very science-driven and it's all about evolution. And uh, not just evolution necessarily, because there is some speculation that happens on as humanity proceeds to the stars on top of that. Um, so it's based in science, science fact for a long, and, and you know, science fiction, but you know, science fiction based on our understanding of science today as they go to Mars and other planets. And, and I think uh, it's got uh, on Android alone, 10 million downloads. So it's clearly a popular game. And uh, we, we, yeah, we had a, we, we had a, an hour with him and was really enjoyable. And, yeah, uh, I, I like that one. I, I was late to that one as well. So I had to like kind of chime in. Like, I think you, you guys were already 30 minutes into uh, the interview. Yeah, it was, um, it was a good, great conversation because we talked a lot about like why we make games. Um, it wasn't just about Zelda Singularities. Uh, well, I've known Andrew for five or six years now, and um, it's always nice to kind of talk to someone. I, I, he's a real creative individual and a really smart guy. Um, and he's done a lot of work as well on the, with his wife on his games. Uh, and that's always interesting to sort of have that husband-wife combo because he wasn't the first one because um, uh, Dean and his husband did some work on Vidar together. And that's probably the best example. But um, uh, David Markhart and his wife did a lot of the work together on their games as well. Yeah, so we interviewed a lot of kind of people. People, people who did work developers. with their partners, yeah, developers, yeah. And and I know I actually I know others, and I've been running the podcast. They haven't committed to it yet. And I'm hoping I can kind of convince them because it'd be awesome to have them on. But uh, we'll see if we can get there. And the last guy is our Gary and I's personal friend Doug Demian, uh, the only AAA guy we've had on the podcast so far. Um, I think we will do more because I think there's a few more people I'd like to ask on who have done work with the AAA industry that would have a lot of interesting things to say. Um, Doug uh, works for BioWare, worked in the Mass Effect series. Um, he, there were certain things he couldn't tell us that we can't share now because uh, um, to respect his own NDA. Uh, or the India he has with uh, with Bioware, but he did some work on the facial. Uh, how do you the, the the facial movements of characters when they speak, which is you know you don't really think much of that as an indie game developer, but when you're looking at a AAA title, 
and you have to have to pay that much attention to detail that's uh that's pretty crazy so uh, he says it's a lot of fun and he and he loves every day of his job so that's pretty that's good that sounds like he's awesome. in, a, in a good work environment absolutely all right gary what else do you want to chat about so we uh we have a couple more podcasts lined up right i remember so um oh right so our next one is with uh cheap ramen games we are going to talk to john and Vinit about their relatively recent release uh meow pow we are recording that podcast uh towards the end of the month here uh, i'm really excited for that because meow pow is actually an incredibly fun game uh it's kind of like a i, I think it's describe like kind of an air hockey kind of game multiplayer air hockey uh it's on steam it's free actually so everyone should check it out and uh i don't know how much they're going to share about their new title i don't know how much they're ready to share they'll 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 let us know when we um when we do that and then we're actually taking a bit of a pivot we're doing our uh first ever tabletop game we're going to talk to Kinsoul Studios, all five of them. Oh, uh, that'll be an interesting podcast. Yeah. I never interviewed five people at a time before. Uh, and we're going to talk about, uh, uh, they, they've got um, uh, Alchemia and uh, Steep Sears. And I, I'm not sure if they're working on another one now, um, but that's something we'll talk about. And they've been doing this tabletop stuff for oh god i met them back in 2015 so it's been well, that's over been six have years you, have, you, have you played any of those games yes i own no. them both i supported both their kickstarters oh right on so uh it'll be pretty exciting to have them on too it'll be uh, a lively chat I, I guarantee you that oh yeah five people it's gonna be rowdy in there definitely what are your thoughts on tabletop player have you ever considered doing a tabletop game? Uh, in my younger years, yes. Um, now I feel like the electronic route is easier in some respects. There's no physical medium you need to worry about printing, selling, distributing. The distribution just becomes a whole other level. Yeah, logistics is hard. Oh yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our content, please consider liking and subscribing. Now coming up, we have the credits music from Burgle's Bounty.